0: Come on, let's hear it for the horns, everybody. Yeah, that is uh, Scott and Ann Horn, uh, otherwise known as my in-laws, um, and, and some of your doctor, uh, really. And, uh, and they are ahead of our greens team. Our, our, uh, they go out there and they, and they make the place look pretty. They're, pretty. They're gonna start doing that on March 29th, which is Big Surf Sunday. There's some sheets about that outside, right outside the Narthex for you to sign up. We're not worshiping on uh, Big Surf Sunday, as we typically do in here in the sanctuary, we'll be worshiping throughout our campus and some folks will have an opportunity to go off campus and and to worship Jesus through our hands and our feet and what we do rather than just through our voices, which is also great, but sometimes you gotta get out there and get your hands dirty. Um, And speaking of getting your hands dirty, the horns are great at that. They love to do yard work, that is their therapy, that is God bless people like that and God bless the fact that they gave that to my wife um, because I don't like it. Uh, So I, I got the prettiest yard guy around. Um, and so if you are one of those people that loves to do that kind of stuff and shovel compost, who doesn't like to shovel a little compost around, right? Right. Yeah. Um, we have 15 yards of it coming on big serve Sunday and, and I don't know if you know what a yard is, but 15 is a lot of them. Um, and so Scott would love, they're going to be in the back after uh, the service, Scott and Ann, they'd love to talk to you about, uh, what it kind of looks like, uh, because people drive by and they immediately make an impression about who we are as a church by what we look like on the outside. I know that sounds very shallow, but you all do it too, uh, right? You judge someone by what they look like and their appearance. Segway, today. And today we begin the second Sunday of our Lenten series called Ashes. And and Ashes is um, this series, we launched it on uh, Ash Wednesday and, and last week and and what we're going to do over the course of this Lent, time, Lent season is we want to look introspectively. We want, Lent is this time where we where we try to get away from the noise of the world and really zero in on ourself and our relationship with Christ. And, and so we're going to look at some different aspects of, of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, some of the hurts and heartaches that exist in this world. But we're going to see those through the lens of the gospel. We're going to see everything because we have that final story knowledge, right? We know what Lent leads up to. We know why Jesus was going into Jerusalem on that last Passover celebration where he went in there and, and had those moments with, uh, with his disciples and then, and then ultimately to the cross. And, and that moment on the cross which launched everything. From the cross came everything else. And, and so during this season, we want to take some time and really look inside of ourselves and and try to get away from the noise of the world. And I have to be honest, getting away from the noise of the world is is sometimes kind of hard, isn't it? Especially, I don't know, how many of you are concerned about the coronavirus? How many of you have stockpiled things away in your home? Be honest. Okay, a couple of people like, and you hang your head in shame when you do it. I love that. Um, I don't see them in here right now, but we do have a family that has hazmat suits in their garage they're actually painter's suits. Um, there there he is. He's even calling himself out. Ryan Lambert, everybody. (laughs) I saw his wife and she's like, I'm not going to say a word. Um, yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, come to my house. Nuclear bomb could go off and we put on these painter suits and we're fine. Okay. So I went to Costco yesterday. Um, and uh, the Jenna and Corbin were down in, in Mexico doing a little day mission trip with her dad. And, and, um, and Ann had grace for a little bit. And so I went to Costco and, and I had this big box of coffee and a couple of bottles of wine and, and, I'm, and I'm checking out. And I didn't realize, it was packed, right? Costco was packed, it's a Saturday. You go around, you look for the samples, right? That's what you do. Um, and I go and I'm checking out and I have, just a, I have the smallest basket of anyone near me and it didn't occur to me, um, but every basket around me had multiple cases of water on it. And some were just like stacked high and it didn't register with me what was happening until the dude behind me goes, oh, so you don't need water, just the wine, huh? <laughs> and, and I looked and I went, and it, and it all was, oh yeah, coronavirus, people are freaking out. Water. I was like, hey man, when you have the wine and Jesus, what else do you need? To which he then went blank going, what just happened, right? And, so, and I just walked off and whistled and left him there. Um, but, but for me, the, the coronavirus hadn't, you know, I, I don't know. I'm already a germ freak already. And I just told the worship team, I was getting, we have um, hand sanitizer up here because you people have germs. Um, And so I didn't even touch anybody's hand during the peace time, but I still was like lathering up. right? But we have this, sometimes the world presents these opportunities for us to freak out about stuff. And what we don't do is we don't take time to step back from that and to really zero in on ourselves. Sometimes the noise of the world is so loud that we forget to do what God has asked us to do, especially during the season, block everything else out Zero in on me and listen to me and find those places. As the psalmist says, search me, Lord. Search me and find those places in me that grieve you and let me get rid of those because of what you have done for me. All right, and so that's what this whole series and this whole season is about. Today, I wanna to ask you, has any, have you ever been like, somebody goes, do you know who you look like? Have you ever been like somebody comes up to you and you're like, man, you really look like so-and-so? Like, I mean, I get it all the time. Like, has anyone ever told you you look like Brad Pitt? Just a little taller, bigger, not as chiseled, you know, just more to love, right? I, I, when I was a kid, um, when I was in high school, I was a whole lot skinnier. I weighed 175 pounds, so I like had zero body fat. I was just, I look like I ate myself now. Um, and, and so I was really skinny and I look like, didn't have a beard. The guy, remember the movie Dead Poet Society? I looked like one of the students, the lead student from Dead Poet Society. And so I got that a lot. Hey, were you in Dead Poets Society? Which, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie. You should see it. Um, and, and I'm like, no, you know, I'm not that guy. Uh, and then I started to say, yes, I am. And then when I got a little older and I filled out a little bit and I started wearing glasses, I got Clark Kent um, a lot. Not Superman, mind you. The nerd, right? I got the nerd alter ego of, Clark, uh, of Superman. I got a lot of Clark Kent's. And, uh, and then have you ever gotten that? Jenna and I love to do that. We love to sit in airports or, you know, we don't ever go to airports now, but, you know, sit in places where you can where you can look at people and go, man, that person, you know who they look like? They look like this. And sometimes we relate them to people who we know, like friends of ours. Oh, that is totally Ty West. You know, that guy's short and hairy. It's totally Ty West and things like that or or, or what? He's not even here today. So y'all feel free to tell him I called him out um, it, or, or whatever it is. And do you ever like... Sometimes people are, you're a family member, like you can't get away from the fact that you're part of that family. Like there's no way that my son could ever say he's not my son, zero. If you look at baby pictures all up until right now, except for the color of our eyes, we're the same person in the bearded face and he's now two inches taller than me. But other than that, you know, you can't get away from it. Uh, and, And there's sometimes you just look at someone and you go, oh man, they're just, they totally are screaming that to me. Other times, you know, because we focus on the outward appearance. I, I had this conversation with some folks the other day, and and they were like, man, she sure is pretty, but she's just mean. Right? Because sometimes what we reflect on the outside is is like different than what really is on the inside, and what on the what's on the inside really just kind of boils out. And so you can have that person that, oh man, she sure looks pretty but she sure is mean and so that colors everything. Or man, he sure is the greatest looking guy I've ever seen, but man, he's really kind of a jerk. And so it colors that. Yeah, because all, we all have this image and that's kind of where I was like, interesting segue, that we have this image that even our church Portrays, but, but we as individuals, as people, have a different image. We have this image that, that we should be reflecting. Every single one of us, when someone looks into our eyes, every single one of us sh- should not say, oh yeah, that person looks like a crocker or that person looks like a celebrity. They, they should say, man, that person looks like God. Has anyone ever said that about you? You know who you remind me of? God. Anybody? Anybody ever get that one besides my daughter who just raised her hand? Which I can, get, I can get on board with her for that one. Yeah, have you ever heard, like, has anyone ever said that? But, but the reality is, the truth is that we should, we are the image bearers of God. Like, we, we were made in God's image. In fact, the whole story that God gives us begins that way, right? When he brings humanity onto the scene, he says, in his image, we created them male and female. Both of us were created in the image of God. We are the image bearers. We are the ones who who should show exactly who God looks like. That's the beauty of the fact that we all look so different because we all reflect a different aspect of who God is. But has anyone ever looked at you and said, man, you know who you remind me of? God. But in truth, that's... That's what we should be doing. In in Psalms chapter 8, David says this, and this is one of these, um, man, big praise psalms, especially the first and last kind of doxologist lines. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength or to praise God your name, some uh, translations will say, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. And this is where he makes his turn. Yet you made them only a little lower and God and you crown them with glory and honor you gave them charge of everything you made putting all things under their authority the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and everything that swims the ocean currents oh Lord our Lord your majestic name fills the earth these are the words of the Lord thanks be to God you have this right here. You have this, this David crying out to God and proclaiming how wonderful God is. And then he points to why God is so wonderful because he's created all of these different things. You create. You can't help but see how amazing God is when you open your eyes and see his creation. And then he says, and you made us in your image to care for those things. Like, like what David is doing is he is he's putting us in the place of God right here. He he is saying that we are to be God. I have to tell has anyone ever said, you know what scripture I think of when I think about you? Psalm eight. Right? I mean, like totally, you are Psalm eight all over it. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. And yet, that's what David's calling us to. I mean, this is a big ask, don't you think? I mean, David is really stepping out on a limb here. And we know who David is and all that David did. And yet he cries out to God and he says, how amazing you are and how how creative you are. And you made us in your image to do all of the things that you do. That's a high goal. That's a high bar. And most of the time, we don't meet it. Because most of the time, you you know, when we have an image and we're going to reflect an image, picture it like this, like we're a mirror. Right, picture yourself like a mirror. And 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 when you are a mirror, when you go and you look in a mirror, what do you see? Yourself. (laughs) Right, you see what's, what's in the image right and so you see just the reflection of what's there and and so we who are image bearers of God who should be with these reflections of God when we're focused on God you see God the problem however is we don't focus on him very often we get distracted by the world and we turn our gaze from him and then our image reflects something different. See, whatever you're focused on is, is, is the image that you will then reflect. Most of the time, what we do is, well, it's not really our fault, it, it, it came a long time ago. See, it came a long time ago in the first image bearers. It came when these, the first two people, the first man and woman who were crowned with glory and honor, Adam and Eve, right? You remember way, 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 way back in the creation of the world, when God creates man and woman in his image, he created them and he says, here's your garden. I want you to, to tend it, to, to have dominion over all of these things. Like you are me in this world. Here's the path, walk in it. And do you remember what they did? They took their focus off of him. They said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We know the path that you have for us, God, but, but we feel like we have a better one. And so they turn their focus away from God onto themselves. Because in truth, that's really what we do when we, when we turn away from God. We just turn to ourselves. We just, we just look to us. Because when you, when you think of what, what the major problem in society is, is people are too giving, they're too generous, they're too loving, they're too caring. Right? Isn't that the major problem of society? Yeah. People are too self-centered. People are too focused on themselves. People are out for me. What's mine? Do you you remember the ABC song? All right, everybody remember the ABC song? Okay, this is apparently the remedial class today. A, B, C, D, right, E, F, G, A. And then at the end of it is, you know, now I know my ABCs. What's the next line? Next time won't you sing, right? Next time won't you sing with me? That's the way that I grew up knowing it. And and you sing the ABCs and then you include other people in it. You're like, hey man, I want you to be a part of this with me. Let's do a duet. I'll take all the even letters. You take all the odd letters. I don't know how you want to break it up. Maybe a row, row, row your boat type scenario, whatever. Just join in with me. What's the modern version end of that song? Tell Tell me what you think of me. Now I know my ABCs, tell me what you think of me. Great, you know your ABCs, so does everybody else. Do calculus, then we'll talk, right? I mean, it's like, it's like focus on me, 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 me. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how awesome I am. Tell me that I'm the best and I can do anything. Well, you can't do anything because God didn't create you to do anything. He gave you a specific plan and purpose. But so much in, in our society, in our world, we want to We want to say everybody can do whatever they want and it's about you, you, you. We focus so much on ourselves. Society and the world has told us so much to focus on ourselves that we take our image off of God. We take our our mirror and we turn it to ourselves or we turn it to what the world is trying to tell us or we turn it away from him and when we turn away from him, we reflect whatever it is we're looking at but we don't reflect him. We aren't his image. See, the, the writer of Hebrews, David, David's casting a shot across, across the bow of history. But the writer of Hebrews knows what that shot is. In chapter 2 in Hebrews, he brings David's psalm back. And what the writer says is his, he's, he quotes David right here, but he doesn't say that he's not talking about all of humanity like David is, he narrows it down. And he says that there is one who reflects perfectly the image of God. And he narrows it down to Jesus. And he says, man, he's the one created just a little lower than the angels, than God. And it is through him all things are created. And he reflects this image. Right? He brings these words of David back. And and he wants us to focus on this because in truth, as, as we live through these things and, and, and we get our sight off of God and we focus on this other stuff, what we need to do, if we wanna be the image of God, when you say God, like that's really big and hard to grasp, isn't it? Look like God. What does that even mean? I, I mean, because sometimes we paint these pictures of God and like he's this old white guy with a beard, right? Right? But maybe if, if we follow what the writer of Hebrews said and what David was pointing to is, no, 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 when you look like God, God gave us an example for that. God gave us his son who, who came and he lived and he focused on God. If you remember, every time someone looked at Jesus and went, wow, what did Jesus do? He pointed to the Father. I only do what the Father told me to, go, to do. I only go where he told me to go, I only say what he told me to say. Focused on him. All the time Jesus turned to the Father. All the time when tough, when tough times would happen, he'd go to spend time alone with the Father. All the time he was pointing back to God, he was reflecting the image of God. So much so that when John the Baptist was wigging out in his head and he didn't know if Jesus was really the one he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, "Are you really the Messiah?" And how did Jesus respond? What do you see? He goes, "What? It? Tell him what you see. What image am I reflecting?" Right. He doesn't give him some long sermon about why he is who he says he is. He doesn't go into three points about how to make your life better by following these things. He goes, what do you see? What image am I reflecting? This is so powerful for me because it is all about, it's not about what you say all the time. It's about how you live. And when we focus on God and people look at us and then they see God, it's because of how we're living and what we're doing and how we're behaving. We must regain that focus upon him. Who do people say that you are? I gotta tell you, not all the, I don't always wanna answer it. Well, tell them what you see. Because I know what people see sometimes in me. Because I know what I reflect sometimes. Because I know that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm not always focused on him because there's other things that happen and, and I get a little selfish and I focus on what I wanna focus on. And I have those moments where I turn my gaze away from the Father and I turn it on to whatever. And so for me to say, if somebody comes and asks me, who, who do you say that I, Well, oh, I don't know, tell them what you see, that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous in, in the different areas of my life, what, what, what my congregation would say, what, what my friends would say, what people who just know kind of who I am but don't really know what my family would say. What, what would people say? Like, like who, who do people say you look like? How, how would you answer that question? You know, you know I, I, I hope what, what all of us should be doing is focusing on God and they're like, man. That guy, that girl looks like the father. I Man, she looks like Jesus. You know how I know this because of how she loves. How she cares. Because Jesus didn't say all of these militaristic things that he was doing, which is what John was looking for. No, no, no. He talked about his love and his grace and his mercy. He talked about how he was just living his life for everyone else. Because the image of God is not selfishness, it's selflessness. The image of God is what can I do for you? How can I love you? How can I serve you? How can I I help you understand that you matter and that you are loved? Not that I matter. Yes, I do because I was created in God's image just like you were. But every single one of us should be looking at one another and saying you, are a son of God, you are a daughter of God, you reflect the image of God. Every single person, no matter who you have ever come in contact with, when you looked in their eyes, you looked into the eyes of someone God created in his image. Now, not everybody knows that, not everybody reflects that. But those of us who do should, those of us who do understand that, should do everything in our power to say, I gotta turn away from the world, I gotta turn away from myself, And I have to turn to the Father so that no matter who looks at me, they don't see me, they see him. They don't don't hear the great things that I say, they hear his voice. They don't see the secret things I do, they they feel his presence. That's not the job of a pastor or a worship leader, it's the job of the family of God. And and so my, my question to you, is who do you look like? Have you ever been told that you kind of resemble? Fill in the blank. This, this week, as you, as I hope you don't leave this here, I, I, I hope, and, and this is every one of our sermons and the way we create these things, is, is that we don't want you to leave this here at these when you walk through the narthex that you like shake all the Jesus off of you, but you're thinking about it the rest of the week, right? That you're carrying it with you and especially during this time of Lent that you're going into your quiet place and you're sitting down, you're God hot. What is it in my life that doesn't look like you? What is it in my life that I'm focused way too much on and it's reflecting something to this world that's maybe turning people away from you? Help me to get my focus back on you. Because I got to tell you, when, there's two things that come from this. One is a benefit to you. When you're focused on him, you find that life and that fullness that just gives you strength. And it gives you a deep sense of peace that you can just conquer anything. But, but two, the second part of this is when you're focused on him and you go out into the world and you're, and you're loving. And you're just portraying the son and the father. Then you're someone's answer. You're someone's hope. You're you're, you're someone's lifeline. You get to be the light in a world of darkness. And if you've never had that moment where you've got to be with someone, when they finally sense God's peace, oh, man, it's one of the greatest experiences ever. And this is what we are called to do, who we are called to be as image bearers of God. So who do you look like? Let us pray.